Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers, and this is... Uh, the Return of Dr. X. Oh my god, you're alive. I am. People were asking, they were like, did you kill your co-host? If you could call this living. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no, I'm alive. Yeah, they were... I'm like, did, they people were really thought you killed me? Well, I mean, it is me, so, you know, it's it makes sense. Um Hold on one second. I'm trying to adjust. This sucks. My cat is trying to get all over my computer. Anyway. <laughs> you have to get within a state of me at least. Right. I know. Now, people were, um, you know, pe- people were concerned. You know, they just wanted to make sure you were okay. I've had a lot of people reach out and they're like, um, what happened? And I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. He's still good. He'll he'll be back. So, <laughs> so you're back. I, yeah, <laughs> How's life been? I'm, I'm like herpes like that. I, I always fucking return um good i'm 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 all right i'm hanging in there uh i just had a lot of stuff going on sure. with work which obviously i won't get into because nobody gives a shit um <laughs> so yeah it was it was just you know sometimes you reach shit reaches a point of critical mass or at least in my life this is something that happens to me honestly like every 18 months we're like there's just you know i i start you know i get a nice ball of momentum going And I start taking on a lot of projects and doing on doing a lot of different things and getting involved in things and you know inevitably someone like me always succeeds at what they attempt to do, which snowballs and creates more opportunity and more things to get involved in. And then I reach a point of like I said, critical mass where I just need to kind of hit the pause button and be like, okay, I can't fucking do all of this. Right. Let me let me sort through what I got going on here, decide what I want to keep and what I want to throw out. You do basically I do like spring cleaning with like my life and creative projects and everything. (laughs) that's going on (laughs) and um obviously this was going to make the cut but it was just nice for two weeks to have like you know one one less thing to have to juggle during the week um and i appreciate the you could not have been more understanding and sympathetic and and cool about this so i want to thank you for that because uh i've definitely worked with people in the past that are fucking pricks about it (laughs) you know uh, you weren't give you a reason to like push me away and be like oh well this is definitely she's a bitch this is not what i want to do you know i like having you people like listening to you i think that you know we're definitely a duo and and i i would hate to think that i would have to start over so you know that's right no no no. i appreciate yeah i'm 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 in this for the long haul i, I love doing this and <laughs> yeah. out, of, out of all the things that i had to kind of like you know put on uh kind of temporarily step back from this was the one thing that i missed the most although oh. you did pretty good without me i mean the 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 v show was um really good i listened to that this weekend when i was out driving around well so let's Um, talk about that show real quick because you weren't yeah i want to have her back asap because that was that was really interesting i was like that (laughs) i was like yelling at my radio because you weren't saying the things that i wanted you to be saying like (laughs) how do you not talk about reiki like what the fuck is that like i know peripherally what it is because um i mean i'm into this shit but like that's kind of a recent thing in the in the terms in the like the the new age world, you know, is the, yeah, the Reiki he- healing stuff. And I would love to talk to you know, I like I said, I'm barely aware of what it is, and I would have had a million and one. I would have spent the rest of the show asking about that, you know. <laughs> well, we, I mean, she's more than happy to come back on. She loved she loved being on the show. Um, awesome, she, you know, she likes what we do. Her show, um, she's got a great oh great podcast. Hers is just a bit more serious, and I think that a lot of people. I think the big uh, appeal to coming on this show is that, you know, where it's just so inviting and it's so welcoming to just kind of kick back and just kind of, you know, enjoy the conversation. So she's she's more than happy to come back. But 
um, you know, we, we had a big event happen um, on the episode last week. So last week, um, if you if you listen into the show, um, while V and I are talking, you know, I'd asked her what, you know, one of her most her scariest experiences was. And she was talking about this um, specific demon that um, comes through the Ouija board. I, I can't say it's I can't say its name because people will be upset. So I won't. Um, but it's a very popular legend. Anyway, so while that's happening, she's talking to me and my curtains are moving in my bedroom. So I'm filming it and yeah. I've put the video out there and I let people see it. So I cut the I cut the video off because I didn't have to, you know, I just filmed it for a couple minutes and I cut it off. And on live on the show, you know, I'm joking and I'm saying, oh, I'm going to start a Patreon. And, you know, you guys are going to have to pay me to watch this video and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and right after I say this. Right. So right after I say this. um, you hear a male voice. On I've heard the, you make the, that threat before. <laughs> and. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'd probably, I'd probably be. Uh, if I fucking followed through with some of those. Uh, those threats. So what's that? Uh-oh. Is it, was that a way homer? It took you a second. Or was it really coming for the delay? There? But anyway, yes, please don't worry about my fucking stupid joke. <laughs> yes. You, no. it's something you get on the way um, home. Cause I made that joke and then it took like 30 seconds to get, yes, get to the story, get to the story. Don't listen to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, like I was saying, um, so we are doing the, um, you know, we're doing that and, and you hear the, the voice and, we don't really know what it says. You know, I, I have an idea of what I think it says, but I, I want everybody else to listen to it and get an idea. Um, but essentially, we caught an EVP. And like I said, that week, it was it was just me and V. Pat was not here. There was no other, there's no man living in my home. And, you know, it's definitely over the audio. So that was, that was, that was really fun. Um, it was uh, the, this guy, Dason from, uh, he's got a podcast that's called What's the Channel Called? And he's the one that caught it. And he has been actually going through the um the ep- the previous episodes and he's found all kinds of fun anomalies so it's been really oh yeah he's found what other episodes hold on a second i'm so sorry this fucking cat um <laughs> throwing my cat around trying to get him away from me oh he's attacking me <laughs> so i'm being murdered right now by a cat um anyway um, a couple of episodes. Uh, he, I've got a whole list actually. Um, but he's not he's not done going through them yet. So I'm I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna hold off. Um, but he's found all kinds of things. So if you go on like the Spotify app and you go to like listen to um, you know the you can listen to the podcast and you can slow it down. And when you slow it down, then you can really like hear the stuff. And he's like confer- like some of this stuff. Like he he sends it to me. He sends me the timestamp, and then he'll send me um something that'll be like um like he'll be like i don't know if that's just you in the background he's like but you know and then i confirm whether or not you know it's it was possibly me but there are some things that are unexplained so um shout out to dason for putting the time in and doing this um it's i think it's pretty exciting so that's where we're i think we should try to enlist a couple people to do this and go go through and re-listen to all of our episodes one by one just for the the boost and downloads alone (laughs) Well, I mean, if they want to, they can. That's on them. But but it is a lot of work, um, you know. But obviously, then you know you get the credit yeah. for finding it if you find something. So, um, you know, if you guys want to, um, what we're finding is that you know there are, there are weird things happening. And you know, is it because I'm recording in my bedroom and that's where my my ghosty friend is, or you know, is it something else? I, you know, I don't know. Like, I guess we're gonna find out. So that's pretty exciting. 
Very exciting. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so that's been, are, you know, basically the happenings of, of the past week. It's been uh, interesting. You know, I made a new Twitter account. Did you? I wanted I wanted to pimp it. Yeah, I wanted to pimp it real quick because. Sure. So I had to, my other one, I I had to make private um, because I'm a crazy paranoid person. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, I don't. Not that not that I compare myself to a, a celebrity or anything, but I think there's there's something that you know. Do you really want to leave five years worth of Twitter posts or live journal posts or anything up there on social media? You know, I feel like you know th- there's nothing necessarily wrong with uh, wiping the chalkboard clean every couple years or so. Yeah, um, just especially when you're someone like me who thinks that they're funny. And says a lot of stupid shit. And, you know, I just think sometimes it's good to just kind of wipe that clean and and move on. And because moving forward with the show, I definitely want to stick with the Dr. X thing for now, at least. Sure. So, yeah, I made a I made a Dr. X Twitter. It's just Dr. X 2112 at Twitter dot com. And it's just going to be for um, all of my all my podcasting stuff. And then also. When I do the gaming stuff where I do like that live streaming yeah. RPG shit. Yeah. So that that way all that stuff falls under one umbrella and uh, I could do that. My other one I'm not going to delete, but, um, you know, it's it's locked out. I doubt I'll use it at all, but I could at least use it to keep following the other people that I was already following on there. So, well, we'll definitely I, I, link you and have people start following that one. Well, most people already have, you know. Um, but, oh, see, I didn't, yeah. yeah, I just look. I just looked it up. I wouldn't follow you yet. Wow, I'm so um, rude. <laughs> no, it's all right. I'm sure you get in the day. You got 1,500 of them. How are you going to remember one I or two? Know. <laughs> I got so many now. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It was ex- as soon as I post it, 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 and it always happens. So like, I'll wait until I get right after the number. But I like to celebrate, and I just I always like to have a reason to celebrate anyway. And so I, you know, I waited until I got to fifteen oh two, and as soon as I posted it, I was down to fourteen, uh, you know, ninety eight, and I was like, God fucking damn it! <laughs> you know, like, I uh, I actually speaking of Twitter accounts, this is super like nerdy and like you know, uh, I don't know, stroking our own egos here. <laughs> but I actually looked up the so I, I was I was going through, I was making the Doctor X Twitter, and I was trying to figure out like I don't know. I was doing it, but I didn't want it tied into my email or my phone number or anything like that. So I'm going through like the just the Twitter stuff, and then I looked at I somehow wound up on like verify like a verified account, and I just thought it meant like like you know sometimes it doesn't let you do stuff until you're like you verify your email address or something like that. That's what I thought it was referring to, but it was actually referring to blue checkmark verify your Twitter. Yeah. So I'm looking at this page and I had never looked at the, the, the like stipulations before to get verified. And I am more than qualified to get my account verified as a filmmaker based on what, what they require you to have done and how many IMDb credits you need. I like five times as many as what Twitter requires to be verified as a, as a, uh, like a filmmaker, you know what I mean? Or an artist or an actor or whatever. So then I'm thinking, like, how funny would that be to actually get that done? So I don't, my, I might just lay low on Twitter with the Doctor X thing for a while until I can get that that one worked out, and then come back as verified. 
pedal so ah shit now it's my fucking name so you know what <laughs> you i mean this, this, this is why this is why anonymity in the internet is so ridiculous is because like unless you're like a unabomber that is like super like anal retentive yeah, well, about this I mean, stuff Dr. X, don't compare yourself to the unabomber right now <laughs> we've already done enough <laughs> by saying your own name haven't i done enough damage <laughs> haven't i besmirched my name enough <laughs> fucking i know I know. No, I can't win with this shit. I, I, this is like I one of those, like, I'm destined to just. <laughs> You're yeah. going to be known for the show. It's just what it is. Um, <laughs> no, it's, I understand what you mean, though. It, it is very hard to have the anonymity on, on the Internet. It's almost impossible, especially the only way you can really do it is if you start from the get go. Otherwise, you've left the footprint and you right. know, you're just about done. I mean, you can make right. it. Ex- harder you know to find things and stuff but you can't completely scrub your whole you know internet presence and it's just it's crazy how that works well and kind of dovetailing into tonight's topic a little bit i know one of the problems that i had that the thing that led to my anal retentiveness as far as twitter goes is i had made my kids are on starting to get on social media now for better or worse and we can (laughs) pick that apart later but um, it's mostly my daughter. My son doesn't give a fuck. He people text him. He doesn't respond. He doesn't give a shit. But um, you know, my daughter's on Snapchat. My daughter's on TikTok and all this stuff. So I create accounts just to kind of interact with her and follow her. And um, <laughs> get you hers. Go ahead. What? I just, I just, and my. <laughs> well, I mean, as far as Snapchat TikTok goes, um, so like I had a, I, I had made a Snapchat account to follow her snapchats because you got to monitor what they're doing right, right? like you can't just let them yeah. exist on social media and um the but the account name that i used without even thinking was the same as my twitter account oh same as my twitter account name and snapchat is Perfect. done off your phone number right so right so like sometimes when yeah. i go into when i go into snapchat i'll see like Oh, like, do you want to add this person? And it's like, it's like a plumber that I had to deal with at work that day who I just added their phone number, but they have a Twitter, they have a Snapchat account associated with their phone number. So now I can see them. But the thing is now they can see me. And if they look at that name and they're like, huh, and then they go into my Twitter, then boom, they found my Twitter. Even though it doesn't right. say my name on there, it's the same username that I used on. So I, I mean, all that stuff's been corrected, and that that Twitter's locked down, and ain't nothing new going on in there. But um, yeah, still, it's one of those things where, like, you know, you don't you don't realize. Like, I remember having back in like 2000, like I had a live journal. And I thought this was the coolest thing in the world, and it was me and about 15 people that I was friends with either from real life or that I kind of met through live journal and we would write in our live journals and we'd read each other's live journals and we'd comment and talk and all this stuff and never gave a second thought that like other people could come across this and then read all the shit that I was writing about them. Yeah. Yeah. Like I never fucking thought about it. Like I would go to a party and uh, over the weekend <clears throat> and then come to work on Monday and I'd be sitting at my desk job. I worked in public relations and I'm, you know, just sitting there and I'm writing a live journal post about my weekend. And I would talk about going to a party and I ran into this fucking prick and all this stuff. Never realizing that that fucking prick was then probably going to, could have access to my live journal or even worse. There was people out there that would read that, know it was about that fucking prick and then email that fucking prick a link. Yeah. Just to be like, Oh, look what pedo. So fucking said it again. Like, look, (laughs) (laughs) 
we'll we'll get there. <laughs> I literally cannot stop saying my own name. That's the, that's the takeaway from usually all this. it's me that's doing it. So <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That's my point about social media and the anatomy of the internet. Like it just doesn't. It's too hard and it is hard. I, it is hard. I mean, I understand. You know, I understand not wanting you know certain like i don't have uh, my mom recently made a twitter account and so the first thing i did was i found her account and i blocked her because <laughs> <laughs> she makes perfect sense <laughs> yeah so <laughs> you know and that's what i told she was like on the phone with me like while she's making a twitter account and i'm like kind of walking her through it and i was like you know don't don't go to my Twitter. Don't even go to my Twitter. And so as soon as she's like, oh, yeah, I made it. I was like, oh, okay. And I went and found her and blocked her immediately. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's what I do to combat it. I mean, I you know, I started coming out and being open about, you know, just kind of who I am in general. And, you know, when this when it all started, when I just decided I was going to just be myself, like on Facebook, um, pretty much all of my family disowned me because they thought I was a prostitute. And... <laughs> it's just fucking weird and i don't you know which is fine i don't have anything against prostitutes but it was just it was very strange and so you know i had a, i had a lot of people that you know weren't coming about for me and there's other things too you know they found out i was a witch and it was terrible but i'm not gonna fucking hide who i am do i if i really believe in the things that i believe in the values and things that i believe in then i need to represent them and and so you know and, and it was hard it was hard to make that switch you know because i definitely came with some sacrifice but i mean it was sacrifices that in the end i'm happy i made so um you just got to decide if, it, if that's worth i yeah, my, I get myself in trouble because I um, I'm a big fan of hyperbole, and I'll say things that aren't necessarily 100% medically accurate just because of what I interpret as being a joke, right? Sure. Kind of like not not that I want to sit here and compare myself to Hunter S. Thompson, but if you look at like Hunter S. Thompson and like how none of that stuff he wrote was real. Like yeah. he didn't like fear and living in Las Vegas is not based on a fucking true story. Right. Like that was, he, he went to Las Vegas probably to cover that auto, the, the, the motorcycle race or whatever. Like there, and, and there's aspects of that that were probably true, but then there was a lot of embellishment and there was a lot of things that were done for the sake of the narrative. And it's kind of like what you're starting to see become more and more popular nowadays where what, what people call like creative nonfiction where they take things that are kind of true or you look like these mumblecore movies that were really big about 10 years ago that kind of played off like documentaries um they seemed to be you know very realistic and grounded reality but of course they were they were films they weren't real yeah and that's kind of like what i do sometimes with twitter a lot is i'll i'll take things and i'll i'll say things for effect or to kind of like sure. make the joke or or illustrate juxtaposition but it's not necessarily 100% true. And that can sometimes get me in trouble because certain people will read that and be like, well, why did you say this? That that's not how it happened. And I'm like, yeah. well, I said it for, I said it for comedic effect. And they're like, but nobody laughed. Like you got one like, and it's from like a Russian footbot or something. You know what I mean? Like, what's the, <laughs> you laugh. Like, though. <laughs> like what's the benefit? What's the benefit of you putting this stuff out there? If literally no one pays attention and nobody gives a shit. And, um, it makes me laugh, I guess. I don't know what to really say. But, I mean, I think that there's a, there's what you're saying. It's interesting because I think we both have 
we come at this, we come at this like fundamental problem from completely different angles, because for you, it's all about you being more authentic to who you actually, who you really are. Right. Yeah. But from my perspective, for me, it's me kind of being less authentic and more theatric than what I actually am. You know what I mean? Just for the sake of like, well, uh, create it's telling a story, or that's what it kind of is for me. Well, so that's what it's, social media has always been for me. It's just kind of like playing make believe. I guess I, I, don't I had know. posted on Twitter one day about this and how difficult it is when, say, I go out on a date with somebody that I barely know, and <clears throat> you know, one of the first things I tell them is that you know I have a podcast that I do every week. So of course they go and listen to the podcast, and then they get to know me through the podcast, but they don't get to know me through me and <laughs> that's kind of an issue um because you know not that I, I not that anything that i say is untrue it's not but it's definitely you know there's definitely aspects about my life that are extremely exaggerated like i really like i don't like well i was gonna say i don't just like sit around my house See, if you say it then it just well, i was gonna say like i don't sit around my house with my tits hanging out all the time but that's not necessarily true um yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> So I don't know. Maybe maybe I am a little more true to myself than I thought. Um, no, I mean obviously, like I, you know, and, and we'll get into that. Like I, I tell these stories and like all these dirty stories and things like that. Like I'm, a, I'm a mom. Like I'm a full time mom. You know, I, I don't just like have random men to my house all the time. I'm not just like partying every fucking night of the week. Like that's not, you know, th- those things do happen. But it's it it paints a bad picture because then you don't see the other half of my life that I live you know, day to day, I still got a fucking right. grocery shop like everybody else does, you know? So, <laughs> um, but you know, so I understand, I understand what you're definitely what you're getting at. Um, you know, where it can be misconstrued because I've, you know, personally that's happened to me. So, you know, it's, it's difficult to, you know, really, you know, I don't know. And some people, they just take it wrong. So yes, I've had people, you know, not interested anymore because <laughs> my life's a little too intense, a little too hardcore for them. And, you know, but it's funny because they never really knew that they just assume so, but whatever. I don't, I mean, I don't take it personally. I think that's, yeah, I think that's something that um, maybe is just, it, it, I don't think it has so much to do with podcasting. I think that's just being a parent in general is um the duality to where like you can still have all of these uh all of (laughs) you know these like side projects and like be involved in all this stuff but at the end of the day you probably have to like you know fold laundry and make someone's lunch for tomorrow you know (laughs) what i mean like (laughs) right right (laughs) like you yeah i mean getting into it you know that's um kind of what we're going to talk about how it is to be a, a parent when you you know, kind of live this, this, this fringe life. It's almost like having a, a double life because I don't want my kid to do the shit that I do. And, <laughs> and we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so I have a daughter, I have one child, I, I cannot have anymore and I'm fine with that. Um, and she's nine and Pat, you have two. Yeah. Nine and 10. And I also cannot have any more cause I got snipped. You got, the, oh, you got the old so. snipperoo, did you? <laughs> yeah that's smart i caught um, my limit i'm good I, I haven't i haven't gotten to that point yet but but it's coming um <clears throat> well i guess i'm not getting snipped but <laughs> actually it's pretty fucking gruesome let me tell it real quick um this is a um i guess a, a trigger warning i don't know 
So I, I have to get, I've got, uh, in case, actually a lot of people don't know, I have cervical cancer. So I have to get all my, I'm getting hysterectomy. And I've learned recently that the way that they do hysterectomies now is that they don't really, um, like they make a teeny tiny incision like on your abdomen, but they pull your entire uterus out through your vagina. Mm. <laughs> So, I mean, that's interesting. Um, I'll find out, you know, when it happens. But, um, yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I'll, I won't be, I'll be asleep. So, I would have assumed that's just how they do it. I, I guess I never really spent that much time thinking about it. But if you're trying to remove something that's up there, that seems like the most natural point of. of <laughs> you just go in and pull it out. <laughs> right. You know just grab I mean? a hole and just pull it right out. No, it's, uh, they used to like cu- actually cut your abdomen open. You got a big old kind of like a C-section and they would take it out that way. But it's it's less invasive to do it this way. So I'm like, oh, okay. So it'll be coming out and then like they'll create like a wall for me like a cer- like a new cervix but it's just like instead of having like this a spongy cervix you just have a spongy wall so <laughs> it's like drywall they, they put up some yeah. sheetrock a couple <laughs> yeah i'll give a hundred dollars to the first person that can puncture it um <laughs> just i'm just joking <laughs> please don't do that i'd rather not um so yeah it'll be it'll be fun but no i can't i can't have any more kids that's okay um i, I love my child but I'm, I'm not parent material um but it's tough you know it, it is it's rough to be a, a parent and and be the kind of person that i am because i've got a lot of friends that you know and, and i'm in that weird age where like a lot of my friends are like still having kids you know everybody's still you know young enough to to have kids some people already had kids they're having more whatever and uh they grow up they definitely grow up and um i guess i feel like i i have it yes, the, they they definitely do oh you're talking about the the people grow up when they have yes the, the adults yes, right. yes. <laughs> yeah the, the adults kind of grow up and they really like lose their their individuality and you know their their days go from you know kayaking on a on a saturday you know drinking with your buddies down the river to um going to chuck e cheese and you know and that's fine that there's nothing wrong with doing the whole parent thing like you know it's not your it's not your kids fault that you have kids right it's they didn't choose to be born you you chose to have them so you know you have a responsibility to do those things um but i remember <clears throat> especially because i had my daughter at 20 i you know i was really young and yeah. I, you know i couldn't even drink yet and um other people that were my age that had their children my best friend actually me and my best friend um our children are three days apart and that was not wow. planned. yeah it was just i don't know destiny and um so she really took on like the mom role and like i would you know i i have my my mom has pretty much consistently taken my daughter just about every weekend since she was born they're really close and that's wonderful it's a great thing um i'm happy because they say they tell you it takes a village you know what i mean there's no reason for me not to let right. my child have a relationship with a grandmother and at the same time, then that gives me a little bit more freedom to go and, and do things and, and be myself when I don't have my daughter. I'm not mom when she's not here. I'm, I'm Asher's and I'm a whore. And, <laughs> you know, when she's here, I'm mom. So anyway, um, so, you know, but I was judged a lot for that. People would be like, oh, she doesn't have her kid and she's out drinking and she's doing this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, fuck you. You're just jealous that you don't have a babysitter. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was weird. And right. 
you know, I still feel like to this day, everybody's like, you know, they get upset that I can do, that I can do those things. And it's like, I guess, I don't know. It's a weird thing. And it's like, you know, that's my big, my big thing is that you still have to be who you are. Like, it, like I, I didn't, a lot of these people, like they'll become mom or they'll become dad. And it's not just like, it becomes a part of their personality. It just becomes their entire personality. They don't have any other personality, but I'm a parent. And I think that's really unhealthy. Well, you have to look at how much they had before. Yeah. I, I well, I, I think if it's also, it's also kind of just boring and like, what are you bringing to the table? Who are you raising? If, if you're, if everyone's just reading off a script or going down a checklist, like you're not bringing any flair, individuality or diversity to the world. You're right. just kind of doing what everyone else before you did with mediocre results and, and right. nothing's gonna there's not gonna be any great leaps or you know uh history is made by the outliers right um so i kind of i somewhat similar somewhat different situation i think you know as far as uh well, first of all parents in general are the most judgmental fucking people you'll yeah. ever meet your whole entire yes. life <laughs> so like anybody that any like like when other people like kind of say shit to me, which I don't get a whole lot because I'm I'm six foot four. So a lot of people don't talk shit to me in general, <laughs> let alone about my parenting techniques. But like just remember, like, you know, how often are you at Target? Maybe it, maybe you don't. Maybe you're better than this. But like I know that I'm out in public and I see people sometimes and I'm like, oh, those are fucking terrible parents or like, look at what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. Like that's something that we inherently do is that we judge other parents so that we feel better about the job that we're doing. Mm -hmm. At least I do a lot. And I see that a lot with my peers. Um, now, I don't have a lot of peers that are parents. I was definitely the first one in my group of friends to do this. Right. Okay. There was a there was a couple instances of like girls that got whoopsie pregnant and then just kind of stopped coming around. Okay. And yeah. we didn't they but they were just like anomalies and it was no one we were super close with. Um my son uh I had my son when I was twenty nine. So I'm uh basically how old you were now yeah. when I had my first kid. So I, I had imagine. my. I cannot fucking imagine having one now. Like I'm almost done. Yeah. I'm halfway there. I'm almost finished. Well, that's the way I feel. And you know, my best friend, who's my son's godfather, and I'm his son's godfather. He had his first kid at 38. Wow. And his wife is already pregnant with her second one. Now she's a little bit younger, so that's kind of a different situation. Sure. But still, you know, right? I'm halfway done. My son's ten. You know what I mean? When he'll be. I'll be 47, 48 when he turns 18. When I'm 21, when, when he turns 21, I'll be 50. You know, um, I like that. That, right. that sounds, that sounds about right to me. Um, that's kind of the way I want this to play out. Well, because then when you have grandkids, you'll still have the stamina for the grandkids. You'll be able to be a part of your grandchildren's life. You know, so. Oh, I don't give a shit about any of that. I just, <laughs> just don't want to like. Don't bring those babies around me. <laughs> I don't want to be like 65 having a fist fight with a 17 year old. Yeah, like, that's true. Dude. You know, um, like I no, I'll be 48, 45 fighting with my kid on the lawn on Easter Sunday. Like that'll be, you know, I'll still have some spring <laughs> in my step. I'm glad um, you have standards. <laughs> right. That one, that one's pulled from experience. If you don't think that that was a very specific thing that happened to me when I was 15, <laughs> that was not just made up. That was, that was pulled from it's the annals of history. Okay. 
Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but as far as you're saying, is that like that you still went out and shit? Like, you know, I was lucky enough. Uh, <laughs> should, say, should watch how I say this, but I mean, like, I I didn't have full custody of my kids until I was a little bit older. Yeah. So, um, I still had it the first couple years where I had joint custody to where. It was an every other weekend thing, and it was for a week here and a week there. So I had that time off, right? And I made the most of it. Trust right. me, it was it was back to business as usual. And um, even though I was, you know, in my early thirties at that point, I was like, you know, I was also going back to school, but like, yeah. you know, um, so for you to say like, hey, I was twenty five, and my mom was watching my daughter every weekend, like, don't fucking feel bad about that. I I. I I wouldn't want to, if I look at two people and say, you know, like you talked about you and your friend where, you know, two girls get get knocked up at 20 and one of them immediately goes into the mom life and embraces it and throws everything, her, you know, her social life and her friends are going out behind. And then I have another girl that's, you know, doing the mom thing, but doing it with help and still going out and having a good time. When I f- you flash forward 10 years, I think that you're going to be the one that's more well-adjusted as opposed to the other one who's probably going to be kind of bitter and resentful yeah like, i agree with even that. if you're even if they're not right now that shit catches up to you wait till you, i mean I'm, I'm about to turn 40 in like less than a month like trust me there's there's lots it's the older you get the more time there is to take inventory and think about shit that you missed out on yeah and i will never regret um my children or any kind of they never anything that I didn't do at this point. It's my own fucking fault. I don't look back and say that that I missed out on anything because I became a parent. You know right. what I mean? Because yeah. I still had opportunity to go and do shit, and I still did it. Every one of those IMDb credits that I have, I came after my son was born. Yeah, before, well, for the most part. But like you know, my twenties that was band time. I played in a band. I DJed, and me stopping being a playing bass and DJing in my late twenties was probably for the best. Cause I would be probably still stuck in a K hole right now, somewhere in Lincoln park, <laughs> <laughs> unable to get out. Still the same be, be the, <laughs> yeah. I'd be in that alley behind Neo fucking living in a dumpster. Like, that's like so Oscar cool. the Grouch. You know, that's, with what a garbage can on my head. <laughs> that's what I say to like, you know, my, my friend, I, I tell her, I'm like, you know, the problem with, with, with stuff like that which of course i'm not i'm not gonna be one of those people i'm gonna sit down and fucking judge you and tell you how to live your life oh yeah you are we went over this what was exhibit a of my argument today <laughs> parents are the most judgmental people in the world you bet you, okay. ask, you bet I'm gonna judge you and i'm gonna say listen this is how you should live your life because one of the one of these days your kids they're not you're not raising kids you're raising adults and they're going to right. go on and they're going to have their own life and i'm not going to be the one standing here when my nest is empty going who the fuck am i you know, that's not going to be right. what I'm going to do. And so I've, I've right. chosen to do that, you know, early on because that's not fair to me. You know, I still have to live after my kids leave. Like it's, you know, it's the way it is. So I, I think that it's just extremely unhealthy to, to be that way. Now, I'm not saying that everybody should fucking party. I mean, that's whatever you like to do in your spare time. All I'm saying is that you should still do those things that you did before kids in a way after kids i mean no you can't be in a k-hole every weekend but you can be in a k-hole every other weekend and <laughs> i'm just kidding well, you know why because that's good because you what 
what you're doing is you're giving them a roadmap. So when they find when they find themselves in a K hole one Sunday morning, yeah, they yeah. can say, "Oh, well, this is what Dad had. This is how Dad got out of it when he was stuck, and this is how I'm going to get out of it." <laughs> you know, I've seen my parents flounder around on the bathroom floor in the in the in the Chris in the. <laughs> grasp of a bad trip <laughs> this is how i successfully navigate a robo trip like yeah you yeah know, help the kids uh, i mean that's important <laughs> but i but i mean like just diverging from that for a second but i think that 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 basic like um the whole thing about setting an example not so much for babies and toddlers but setting an example for young adults yes if right. they see you involved in things if they see you have passions and interests then they're more likely to develop ones of their own. And if you are the type of person that is all about like, hey, I still like to write. So, you know, one month a year, daddy's going to write a novel in the year or whatever. Then it's, yeah, I feel like that, that creates a space for them to where they can be like, you know, I really like to paint or um, I really like to sew or I really like to build weird shit out of Play-Doh, like fucking whatever. Like you're creating an atmosphere where we all have interests, we all have hobbies, we all have passions and we all explore them, right. you know, instead of me like yelling at my kid and making him fucking play soccer or something, you know, because I don't know what else to do and everyone else plays baseball. Well, you're going to be the best baseball player. Like where you're going to do what the neighbors are doing, except I'm going to put so much pressure on you to be better than them. Yeah. Like that's unimaginative and fucking destructive for a child. Yeah. But, but saying like, Hey, like, you know, dad likes to act and stuff and he makes movies with his friends. And you know, like we, like just a couple months ago, we did that killer Santa movie and my son who does, he, in the summers he does second city, he acts and he does like improv class and shit. Oh, that's cool. Um, well, think no, he's not going to be an improv guy. We've already had that fucking discussion. But I mean, he's. <laughs> I will disown you if you're getting an improv. <laughs> like you're just doing this to get the basis to go into the writing program. I'm not going to live with a fucking improv jag off. I'm living upstairs. <laughs> I don't need any roommates that are in improv troops. I fucking spent my time doing that. Um, but yeah, but like, just you know, there's opportunities here. He can do it. He can try it if he likes it. Cool. Yeah. You know, same thing with my daughter and like her social media stuff. Like, you know, um, we went out to dinner one night, just me and her, and I was talking to her. She's a very hard person to buy for because she's not really like interested in shit. Like if you said went to my son and was like, All right, I'm gonna buy you a present, what do you want? Like he would immediately name like a video game or a Lego yeah. set or something, you know. But I go to my daughter, what do you want? She's like, I don't know, you know. And uh we were having dinner together one night, just me and her, and I noticed that she was like super into like her TikTok and like getting followers and being able to stream and stuff. And I was like, uh, all right, I'm like hey do you want me to buy you some tiktok followers and she's like what like how does that work i'm like please <laughs> like you can go on a website for like eight dollars i can get you like you know 600 tiktok followers and she's like are you serious And i'm like yeah and i did it and she you know by the time we were done with dinner she had 600 new followers and it was i got more of a reaction from that than any time that i took my kid to target my son to target was like all right go pick out legos you know what i mean right yeah um yeah. And I think that that, but that's because there are people on their own too. And especially at the age that we're at now yes. with our kids, we're like, they're slowly becoming adults and they, there's, or at least individual personalities. They're real, yeah. Adults. They're really starting to come into their own at this age. And just being able, if you're an individual and you're okay with not being in the box, then you really give them the greatest canvas possible to be individuals themselves. Oh Yeah. 
And, you know, if my son were to come to me and say, hey, I want to play lacrosse, I'd be like, I guess I'm going to watch fucking lacrosse games now. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. My, my kid's very weird. I mean, she is a weird. I mean, it's my kid. Um, no, she's a weird individual, but she's not bad weird, but she is very, and I, I say it all the time, she's going to be president one day because this child can do anything that she wants to do. She's got no, she is not insecure at all. She's fucking fearless and she will do anything. You know, so we were talking earlier because um, she did, she stayed at my mom's and she's doing virtual school and she was doing school and she had uh, a fit because my kids also got ADHD and, and virtual school is really hard. And um so she called me and I'm talking to her for a minute and I'm like exp- trying to explain the importance of doing school. And she's like, well, I don't need school because I'm going to be a YouTuber. It's what she says. She's already got five YouTube channels planned out, guys. She's going to be a YouTuber. And <laughs> that's what she wants to do. And, and so and I told her, I'm like, listen, and she is very creative. She's she can tell you a story like I've never seen before. Um, and, you know, but I, I, I explained to her, I'm like, that's great. You can be a YouTuber, but it takes a lot of work to get to that point. And in order for you to do that, you're at least going to have to have an elementary school education. And, <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's not that like, uh, you know, I definitely support the things that she wants to do. No, is she really going to grow up to be a YouTuber? Probably not because, you know, it's, that's not, not that she can't, but YouTube's probably not even going to be relevant by the time she's an adult. Um, you know, but I, I do think it's important to support those ideas and, and those things and, and stuff like that to just kind of, you know, be that person. I was always told that I couldn't do things my whole life. Every single time I <clears throat> approached my, my, well, my parent, my mom, about something that I wanted to do, she just completely shot it down every single time. And the crazy thing is, is that I've done all the th- all those things. I've done them all and I've been successful at doing them. And even now at almost 30 you know, she criticizes what I'm doing now. <laughs> so that's just the person she is. So it doesn't right. matter. I can't please her. I don't want that kind of relationship with my child. That's not, I'm totally opposite of like being that person. So I'm not going to like force my kid into things that she's not into. You know, she's not really, she's not into sports, you know, she's not, she's into some arts. So I would like to get her into some things. Um, she took karate for a while, but she didn't like it. I just asked that she tries things. And if she chooses not to like them, then then we don't do them. Now, um, <clears throat> getting back into like how this is kind of difficult is I went to one of her school Halloween parties back when, you know, before COVID. And when I showed up to the school Halloween party, there were other parents there volunteering. But I was the only parent that was dressed up in a costume. And I was. What was your costume? A sexy cat. I'm just kidding. Um, I. <laughs> just have like this like skeleton dress and i just i wore it and i fucking you know did some extra a little extra makeup and stuff and i was a skeleton i was a fat skeleton actually um (laughs) and (laughs) so but you know and it it didn't take that much effort for me to put into but i definitely stood out and none of the parents talked to me none of them and this happens i mean it always happens you know i go to these events and I'm I'm really, you know, seen as kind of weird and, you know, some type of enigma. She does Girl Scouts and I go to the Girl Scout meetings. And uh, again, I'm singled out because I'm the weird one. And <laughs> it's really, you know, it kind of sucks. And then on top of that, you know, there's people that have had kids younger than I, I did, but I did have my child pretty young. And so I'm I'm usually the youngest. 
and all these people are, you know, they're, they're, you know, in their middle ages, you know, they're older. Um, so, you know, I do always stick out and then, you know, we start talking about jobs and stuff. And, and when I try to like explain to these people what I do, it becomes, it, it gets weird. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I do have to like consider that because I don't want my kid to be missing out on play dates and stuff like that because of, you know, the way that I am. Now, granted, there's nothing wrong with what I do. Obviously, you guys listen to the show. You know, you know, it's you guys like this weird shit. <laughs> so, you know, there's nothing wrong with what I do. And, and I believe it's very much a science and I take it seriously. Uh, but, you know, according to most people, it is strange. I actually had, um, gosh, we got so quick into the episode. I forgot to talk about this. And uh, we got something else to talk about. Well, we'll get there. Um, I had uh, somebody call me today because I've been looking for a regular people job because it's expensive to travel to all these places and do these investigations and the people on the internet don't pay me enough money to do it. So, um, <laughs> so I've, I've been looking for like some part-time work. So that way I just, I have a promise paycheck and I can do these things anyway. So I got a call today for some type of like interview or something. And um, it, it wasn't a job that I was going to take like right off the rip. It, I didn't, it was something I didn't want to do. I wasn't interested in it at all. I just, the benefits weren't enough. And um, so, you know, I already knew, but then we like, we get into the conversation and the guy looks at my resume and I've been doing this for, you know, I've been doing this stuff full time for a year now. So I have a big gap in my resume and that's not too strange in the days of COVID. Um, but he did ask right. about it. And I told him, I was like, well, it's not that I'm not working. It's just that I'm a, you know, I, I'm a paranormal investigator. And he's like, what? <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, you know, he starts, uh, you know, asking a bunch of questions and I kind of tell him what I do. I'm talking about the documentary. I told him about the show. He's probably listening. Hi, Ryan. Um, <laughs> that's his name. <laughs> um, because Hire you know, her. <laughs> yes well he he would he's he's like oh you're definitely gonna get this job and i'm just like no nah, no nah, i don't want the job so we got into like you know we were talking about uh, you know i was just kind of explaining to him the science of like my ultra terrestrial theory and how i think that these things are just other you know dimensional beings whatever and he's like oh yeah he's like well and he just i mean he this dude totally loses his shit and he fucking slips and he's like well i fucking he was like oh no so excuse my language because he said fuck and i was like oh no please go on he's like i've done dmt and <laughs> he what starts, he starts i swear to god he starts ryan hit me up on twitter at dr x 2112 <laughs> we'll hang out and i will i will come <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do some dmt together yeah no he's talking he's telling yes. his, his dmt experience and he's talking about um you know how we saw other dimensional beings and other people have had the same experience and and he's right about this and i would love to do an episode on it i actually plan no no not a lot of people know this yet i plan on making a separate a, a feature length documentary on dmt and ultra terrestrial encounters and oh, um, let me be a part of it absolutely because what I'm, I'm most likely i'm about not as long as my health is okay i'm probably going to do dmt and share the experience so um it, it will be a lot of fun now this is still a little bit of ways out but i told him you know i was telling him i was like that's crazy because i want to do this dmt uh you know this dmt doc documentary and he's all for it he wants to be a part of it so 100 <laughs> i was gonna i actually wanted to do that where i'm like i'm gonna i'm but i, I have no idea how to get it and um, i don't either I, like, but I can find it i'm sure well i i yeah i guess that i haven't tried that hard just because i don't want to be that dude that's always asking people for dmt right but, uh <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> but i i thought like you know it's a half an hour 
right? Because that's how long it's supposed to take. I'm like, you know, how hard would it be just to get it and then go and sit in a hotel room for half an hour with the camera running and just record everything that you're that outwardly is happening you know yeah. what i mean and then as soon as it's done then record yourself talking about it and write it down and then as the days kind of follow um you know keep, make notes and stuff and revisit all that yeah uh yeah. So, like, yeah, it would be a very easy thing to document. For sure. And yeah, for sure. And yeah. everybody has these experiences with it, and they're all very – Yes. Strange. I'm not going to get too big into it because, like I said, it's – you know, I can't – I prefer to talk about it just on its own in a whole show because it is very interesting. Um, but <clears throat> my um, – one of my boyfriends, he's, he's – He's the one that kind of gave me the idea because he was talking about how he's done DMT and we were talking about his experience and um, it matched somebody else's that told me I've never done it. And so, um, and, and so I just really, I don't, I don't even know how to go up about it. Like how much yeah. it costs or like what the deal is. Like, I know, I know a little bit, like I've, I've researched it. I know you're supposed to like smoke and stuff and, you know, but as far as like the, the weights and measures and how much you're supposed to get and what the street value is and all that shit. Um, you know, I tried doing the salvia thing years ago when you can order that stuff off the Internet. I never got a reaction out of it, but I, the chick I was dating at the time did. It got a super strong, very borderline negative uh, outcome with it where she thought things in her room were possessed and she had to hit a class A fucking freak out. And I threw the shit out after that. But um, well, well, well we're going to have a drug episode soon. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but well, hopefully but, on DMT. <laughs> hopefully, yes. Hopefully on, on DMT. We'll we'll take DMT and record the show. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea. But my point was on on the episode about parenting. <laughs> right. Well, there you go. DMT while being a parent. Just don't do it around your fucking kids, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, that is right. Well, that, I, that's that was the. F- the first point I made was get a hotel room. You know what I mean? Yes, like, get a hotel. Right, do it, do it safe. That's like one of my big things. Like, yes, I drink, I, I smoke pot, I party. Okay, but and that's about it, really. I pretty much I just drink and I smoke pot, and I might do some psychedelic. I haven't done any in years, but I I, I would probably in a safe environment. Um, and and I you know I'll take a part yeah. here and there, but I don't even like I won't even like get high with my kid around. Like I won't do it and you know more power to people i know a lot of people yeah. use weed as like a, a medicine and that's great i don't i use it to get high and so you know there's no reason for me to have to do a maintenance dose at all um but i don't now i don't do any of that around her um i don't even like have a beer around her i just i don't know i just because it's my luck that like i will have a beer and then something will happen and i have to drive her to the hospital and i can't because i had beer so <laughs> Or I'm high or whatever. Yeah, I, I kind of de- I developed, I think, the same habits. And maybe it's because we had such similar, you know, um, similar situations uh, when our kids were younger where we had uh, we had definite times when we were parents, right. but we still had times that we were off the clock. Yeah. And when I was doing that, you know, if I only have my kids, you know, two days every two weeks or, you know, a little bit more than that because then I had the other one and. I was switching off custody and stuff. But if I'm only a parent four out of every 14 days, Jesus Christ, I could stay sober for those fucking four days. Right. You know what I mean? And then when they leave, you know, not that it was not that I was drinking like those other 10 straight. I wouldn't go on like a 10 day bender and then just clean up when the kids were there. But, um, 
I was able to pick and choose my battles and it wasn't, so I was able to just separate the two. And, um, I think that people that are kind of, you know, that just from jump street or, you know, they're married and they have the kid and it's the husband and wife at home with the kid all the time Yeah, that they kind of get more in the habit of drinking and partying around the kid because they don't get that schism. They don't get that like escape. And, yeah. and I never fine. got it. Do what you do. I mean, that's. Well, you know. no, we're, we're being judgy parents here. No, I don't think that's. I think you're you're asking for trouble. I don't like to. I don't like to drink around my kids. It happens every once in a while. And I, I definitely. And that's just because, like, you know, I used to have a neighbor that lived down the block that I had known since high school. And he would come over and we'd get wasted in the garage. And then I'd come in the house and go to bed and, like the kids would be there and they'd look at me like holy shit what's wrong with that you know um, <laughs> yes I, well, I agree with that yeah and that's how like so like like two summers ago we had this party with my best friend who has her she's got two kids now and then the one that's in very similar age to mine and not just her but like other parent friends that we had and like all the kids are there and you know and they're all drinking and they're getting fucked up and at one point like i'm outside by myself with like seven kids and there's a fucking fire in the middle of the yard and all the kids are like below like they're under age eight and i'm like you know my kid is is stupid and she's clumsy as fuck so chances are she's gonna go running and then she's gonna trip and fall right in the fire and (laughs) you know that's that's my brain because i have severe anxiety so i'm like freaking i can't relax like i cannot relax i'm freaking out And you're also a witch so you're like oh someone's gonna get fucking someone's gonna throw a girl in the fire (laughs) it makes sense (laughs) dna memory I just, I can't, you know, I just can't, I can't do that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's just, I feel like I need to be all like on my A game around my kid. Now, the older she gets, the easier it gets, you know? So, right. Um, you know, it's because she doesn't really, she'll go to bed and I'm like, okay, she's good. I can sit here and smoke a bowl. It's fine, you know? But like partying around her, that's just, that's definitely, especially like, I, like when I get drunk, I like to get naked and fucking, I'm not going to subject my kid to that shit. Like, that's. <laughs> Good call. Yeah, I, for me, it's just like like people that – this is something I used to run into back when I was just out of high school where you'd have the friends that would like get high at work. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, man, like I, you know, I would smoke a joint on the way to work or it's on my lunch break. I'll go out and I'll smoke a bowl and I'll come back into work. And I'd be like, well, why do you want to be high at work? Like it's work. Like that's not fun. Yeah. Like you're supposed to want to get high and watch Futurama and like <laughs> right <laughs> Funyuns or something. Like why do you want to get high and work at Subway? Like yeah, that's something I- in the, like a waste of time. And it's the same thing about like getting drunk around your kids. Like that's not my idea of a good time. No. Like, I like yeah. getting being around my kids. Good time. Getting drunk with my friends, good time. Getting drunk around my kids, eh, it's not <laughs> right. the same. It's not a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's like because they're annoying. It's just like it's oh, you're not on the same level as me. You don't get this. Not saying that it doesn't happen infrequently or that you're like here. Some, this and we'll- <laughs> yeah, or, or no, like I'll just get rocked and we'll watch Big Trouble in Little China or something and like laugh our asses off. But like in the grand scheme of things, it's nothing that I want to do on a regular basis. Right. It's yeah. not me getting loaded it's it's a different i don't want to say become a different person but it's just it's a different it's not conducive to like the home life and maybe that is me developing another personality because you were saying about like you know when you put yourself all into parenting you lose this sense of individuality maybe this is me just creating another facet of my own personality you know what what you were saying earlier about um 
feeling out of place when you go to these school functions or the, the Girl Scout functions or whatever. Yeah, I'm the same fucking way. And I don't look like a big titty 20 year old witch. Like <laughs> I look the fucking part. And that's yeah. kind of works to my benefit because they look at me and they're like, oh, like you, you're a very tall Irish man on the south side of Chicago. You fit right in. And then they ask me what I do for a living. And it's very in line with what people in this neighborhood do. And everything is kind of like, you know, okay, like I check the boxes, but internally, like, no, I just assume everybody's older than me, you know? And this is something that like, so my son's in the scouts and like, we see this with the other parents all the time. There's parents that we interact with in the scouts that seem like your peers, like they seem like your age and like normal people. And then there's other parents in the scouts that, that really have this vibe where like you want to call them like mr anderson and yeah, like and like, yeah. and like mrs <laughs> beneducci or something like they just feel like adults and they feel old yeah and then and they there's other even people be younger than you and still feel that right it's just yeah. the way they carry themselves it's just the way they they look like their parents and they look like your parents and they look like your parents friends and you're you're amazed that like this person that's like two years younger than you somehow seems like a decade older and then then standing right next to them is somebody that's like your age or maybe even a year older and they feel like somebody that you would drink with at a party in high school and she was a this this woman was like a year older than me you know what i mean like it's just it's all about how you carry yourself and how you come across and a lot of it though is, is that feeling like you don't fit in a lot of that's just like internal you know what yeah, I mean? And it it's a, just about not being comfortable in that situation because I don't know what I will. I have a pretty good idea, but like I feel like the one, you know, we had kind of uncommon childhoods. And because we weren't comfortable in those situations as a kid, we never saw our parents in those situations. Now being a parent, being in those situations with our children, the whole thing just seems foreign and odd. And on the other hand, you have these other people that are relishing these moments because now they get to feel like they're, they turned into their dads or something. You know what I mean? Like when you well, see these, I mean, well, I didn't, <clears throat> well, I definitely didn't have like a traditional childhood. My mom was never like super, like she was never young. Like even now there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things she does not know about me. Like it's crazy. I talk to my mom every single day, sometimes for hours during the day. And there's a lot that she just has no fucking clue about. And, um, because she's very she's very adult and she's very kind of strict and so for i guess for me that's why i'm kind of the opposite of of her because i didn't enjoy that (laughs) aspect of her you know i want my kid to be able to be open with me i want her to talk to me about stuff i want her to think you know that i want her to at least have some type of idea that i might have some type of knowledge of these experiences and because she's you know she's gonna do kid shit she's gonna fuck up she's gonna go and she's gonna get trashed and she's gonna sleep with that guy and you know or whatever she's gonna go and she's gonna smoke her first joint you know she's gonna do those things and i expect her to do those things um and and i don't want to deprive her of those experiences now i'm not like fucking endorsing it that's not definitely not going to be my thing but I don't want her to like go to a party and get drunk and uncomfortable and feel like she can't call me because she's going to get in trouble. Like 
that's not the kind of relationship that I want to have with my kid. Like, that's not, you know, because I know, because I've been that kid, like, <laughs> that's been stranded at the party with the weird dudes and, you know, ended up in some pretty bad situations because I couldn't be open about who I was. So, you know, I don't, I don't want that with, with my situation. And, you know, and, and then in general, just like a different set of morals. Um, one thing that people find fucking bizarre, I mean, they really, a lot of people hold a lot of importance to this as me as a parent is that I let my kid cuss. Not just that I let my kid cuss. I've always let her cuss. It's just part of her vocabulary. But the reason why was because I've taught her that there's a time and a place to use these words. I've taught her to to have a potty mouth responsibly. And she she's well, she does good at it. And, you know, I've taught her, you know, what that means. And my mom hates it. Oh, she hates it. It makes her angry. She's like, well, you just let her cuss and do whatever she wants. Well, I'm sorry. I enjoy when me and my kid are driving in the car. We play this. We do. We play this game where we're driving in the car (laughs) and (laughs) such a bad parent. And um, we start yelling and cussing at the other drivers. And, you know, I just call it the the road rage game. And so we'll go off and, and it's hilarious and we have a good time doing it, you know. But she she doesn't look at me and go, you're a bitch. That is not going to happen. And she knows. Right. Right. So it's, but like I said, a lot of people are just fucking appalled by this. And it's like, you know, I don't understand why it bothers people so much. <laughs> now she's even at like friends, she knows the only places she's allowed to cuss are in the car with me or at home when it's just me. She's not allowed to do it in front of other people because it's disrespectful. And that's what I tell her. Some people might find this disrespectful. You have no right to infringe on them by using those words. So therefore you're not going to. And she doesn't, she doesn't slip, you know? So it's, you know, it's one of those things. So I don't know. She's gotten a little more comfortable at my mom's house and she'll kind of use, you know, some soft core words here and there. But like I said, she's getting older. You know, I was fucking cussing at nine. It was... (laughs) That is so funny. I I don't know when I started. I know my... my daughter will from time to time if she feels comfortable but like my son won't and that's really funny because like i i have i have a potty mouth it's just the way i've always been so like i i definitely cuss in front of him but he doesn't he doesn't do it and he tries very hard not to and where my daughter like we were in a car one day and i think i don't know if we were listening to music or like if I said something, but it came up and I was like, oh, say this. And I think it was just saying like the word shit or something. It wasn't yeah. anything terribly graphic and he wouldn't do it. But she was like, shit, shit, shit. Like she, had no, <laughs> she had no problem with it. And um, I think that's because she's like, she's got older girl cousins that she hangs out with yeah. a lot. And I think they're kind of like one of her cousins. I, I didn't want to get too much into like the like ragging on the two of them personally but like um you i'm sure you can appreciate this she has one cousin that she hangs out with and um one of the things she told me about her was that her and her friends cross the street and go to the gas station sometimes to hang out and i was like you stay away from that one like that's (laughs) that doesn't go it's gonna be trouble that girl going to the gas station i know where that leads to She's doing hanging out at that gas. Not only that, but it's like it's like hanging out at a truck stop. Like what the fuck? <laughs> That's not. It's, it's like you could pick a more like like convenient place to get thrown in the back of a van and sped away. <laughs> yeah, you know. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's totally but. different times now too. And that's, you know, it, that's another thing you have to take into account. Like um, it just depends. I remember I got into a big old fight with people and my, my child was six 
And um, I was at a I was at someone's New Year's Eve party, someone that I didn't know. And <clears throat> we got into an argument because they thought it was shitty that I don't let my kid. I didn't at six years old, let my child play outside by herself. And I'm like, and these aren't parents, by the way. Um, and they thought that that was fucked up. They were running the neighborhood at four and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm just like, dude, no, that, that's why kids get murdered and kidnapped. And <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And, you know, and, and, you know, thinking about it, I mean, I was I was outside by myself at that age, but it's not it's different now. And it's not that it's different now so much because the shit still happens. It's just that we know better now. You know, we, we know a little bit. I, you know, that is something that is something that I feel like we could talk about for another hour and a half. Yeah. And not really come to a clear, not really get to the bottom of. I don't know. I, I honestly, and I can say this as a, as a kid that grew up 10 years younger than you in the 80s, when they re- no one really gave a shit about whatever the fuck you did. Right. Compared to now, when you know, we have kids the same age, like... I don't know. Was it different? Because we knew. I grew up in a very idyllic neighborhood that was that was all white. It was all suburban. It was all middle class, upper middle class. Um, and we and there was hinky stuff going on. There was there was a family that I grew up across the street from. And the, it turned out that one of the older older siblings sexually abused the two younger ones, like, systematically for fucking years, right? And then the kid ended up getting a job at a pretzel store. Um, he there was, there was an old guy that lived next door to my best friend, and we used to peek in through his window, and he used to always be watching these videos of, of kids playing with trains. And we used to always laugh that this guy was obsessed with trains. Well, now as an adult looking back, no, he was obsessed with young boys. Right. <laughs> yeah. We were like, why does this guy always watch these videos of young boys playing with trains? And it was like, we thought it was he was a trains guy. No, he was a fucking weirdo. <laughs> and like stuff like that where, you know, it was there. It was just under the surface. And it was probably more of a suppressed society and we were more naive about things and but was it always was the was the darkness always there or is it that we live in an age now where because we're all more isolated it's created an environment for the darkness to grow right i don't have the answer to that question i don't know um i know that like with i have i have two children and we have dogs and I'll have my son walk the dog up and down the block. And I usually am outside getting stuff out of my car, cleaning out the garage while he's doing it. So I'm at least somewhat aware of what's going on, where he's at. You know what I mean? And with my eyes on him the whole entire time, but I know, you know, I'm not completely oblivious. It's not like I just yell at the kids to go walk the dogs around the neighborhood. And then, you know, a half an hour later, I wonder where the hell they're at. Um, you know, it's it's weird and it's it is it is paranoia inducing. And you stop and you think about the way I, the way I grew up, and or maybe the way you grew up too, where we did go out and play, and we just had to be home by a certain time. And you know, my mom had no idea what I was doing or where I was at, but I, I was home before it was dark out, and that was right. just all. And then that was enough, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that doesn't feel like it's enough anymore. And the question is, was it ever enough, you know, or is there more, (laughs) 
you know, I don't know. I think that's a real tough question. But I think once again, this is there's certain things that we kind of laughed about being judgy parents earlier. And, you know, but I think at the end of the day, there's certain things that I feel that I you leave it up to the parents to decide. And if you're I would the one thing I would never criticize someone about is the level of protectiveness they show their kids unless it's like crazy yeah shit but i don't think any you know you being worried about your kid playing outside alone or 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 wandering off and then coming back at us i don't think that's you being crazy you don't have her you let her outside she just you know she's just not you know fucking locked chained to a radiator somewhere Um, right (laughs) yeah it's like she doesn't experience things um it's just that you know i know my kid and i know how she is and she's definitely even now she's not mature enough to be in any type of responsible situation because that's just her you know type of person that she is but you know i let her do things like it's not like i don't let her do things i'll like like you know anymore like i'm one of those people i'm like don't leave your fucking kids in the car um but you know nowadays like if i'm running into the gas station she hangs out in the car and you know i make this joke all the time to like my friends and i'm like listen she's nine years old if it's too hot in the car for her and she can't figure out how the fuck to get out that's her fault like <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fucked up but you know it, you know some of the things yeah she's allowed to do but like i'm not gonna be like oh go run the neighborhood and come back whenever like that's not it's just not safe to me. Well, because I had an incident where she had these neighborhood boys that she would play with at my mom's house. So we live in an apartment at my mom's house. She's got a house and she's got a fenced in yard. So she's allowed to go out in the yard and, you know, she can hang out there and stuff. But she was three years old and these neighborhood boys that were about about 10 years old came and tried to take her out of the yard. And like it, it scared the shit out of me. That's so. fucked up. That is fucked up, yeah. right? Like, what are these kids doing to my kid? Like, this is so I went out there and I went off on these kids. I was pissed. I was like, you don't do it. Like, that's a baby. You don't do that. I was very upset. My mom thought I was being right. a little too, she thought I was being crazy. She thought I was being too too cautious. And I'm like, no, dude, what's fuck? Why would they fucking steal it? They were stealing my child from your yard. What are you talking about? You know, so, and I think that that was, you know, dev, I think I was still justified in that, um, you know, because it just, it just depends on, a lot of you 100 percent were if, if I, yeah yeah i think you 100 percent were i think if anything your mom might have been just trying to deflect a little bit so she didn't feel responsible or something like sure i would lose it, it you know i saw it happen and I, and I stopped it but who knows and and that's kind of the moment that i decided that you know i at least want to do the thing like my kid she doesn't have a cell phone yet she she has an ipad so i don't and, and she doesn't go anywhere without me yet so i don't really see a reason but we're kind of starting to get to that age and you know so i wonder i definitely want her to have a phone like if she's going to be going anywhere by herself she needs to have a phone and you know things like that you know i i definitely want to make sure that i i at least do everything that i can because if something did happen to her i am the one that would have to live with it for the rest of my life and i think that's on me to decide what's you know what i can and cannot live with so, right you know but that's just you know that's i guess that's how i feel right. about I won't get too much into the preachy shit because, yeah, for the most part, I don't bother other people about how they parent their kids. I don't believe in policing people about how they parent their kids as long as you're not harming the children in any way or yourself. Um, today, we had a moment. I had to take my, my daughter to the doctor. She's fine. Um, but while we were there, <clears throat> another parent came in with her children and the parent, you know, was kind of really rude to her kid and told the kid to sit down. Um, and the kid wasn't really doing anything. And um 
my daughter looks at me and she's freaking out and she's like trying to whisper to me and she leans over and she goes, she's a bad mom. I was like, why? Why are you saying that? She said, because she told her kid to sit down and she was really rude. So the fact that like my kid thinks that that's being a bad mom shows that I guess I'm doing all right. (laughs) You know, so I guess that's kind of my my point. Do you have anything else to say about parenting? Because I forgot we didn't talk about your COVID vaccine and I want to talk about that. Oh, good. A uh, couple things, I guess. Number sure. one, I, I always tell my kid, like, um, you know, some people hit their kids. And he's like, yeah, no. I'm like, have I ever beat the shit out of you? He's like, no. I'm like, okay. Well, then you're doing pretty good. <laughs> like, it's it's, it's a, another day that you survived without getting duct taped to a wall. Right. Like, I showed him those pictures. I'm like, look what these people did. They taped their kid to the wall. <laughs> I haven't taped you to the wall yet. You're all right. You're doing pretty good so far. Um. But I, you know, the other, I mean, this is probably open up a whole other can of worms, but I, I don't, I wouldn't, it would take a lot for me to like actually say something to another parent about what they're doing, Yeah. but I'll fucking think it. So like, you know, yeah, I might, I might not be like outwardly judgy to where I like, you know, speak up about it, but like in the, in the back of my mind, I'm free to think whatever the fuck I want. Right. You know, yeah, you do that. But I, I think too, it kind of being a parent, it also casts a light backwards and causes you to reflect on your own childhood and the decisions that your parents made and what they did. And, you know, there's a lot of things that my mom did with me, um, maybe out of, I won't necessarily say out of neglect, but maybe just because maybe she thought she was doing the right thing or she wasn't thinking at all. Yeah. But, um, there's there's decisions where she left she went left and i went right and i feel pretty good about that um you know it makes you kind of come to grips with uh one of the things that happened with me right after my son was born is i I started going to therapy again because i knew that um this was going to be a this was going to be a thing this was going to be a very big deal and uh i was going to have a lot of shit that i needed to sort out if I was going to do this correctly. Yeah. And I think I've probably I'm halfway there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was something that I, I took pretty seriously, um, because I wanted to do it right. And I put a lot of work into it. I put a lot of work into myself and trying to be ready for it. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I don't think I'm the best dad in the world if there is such a thing, but, um, you know, I show up a lot and I try to show up for my kids and sure. be there when I can. And, uh, overall I'm, I'm glad I did it. You know, there, there, there's not really, there's not really a day in my life where I, I regretted it. I never regretted it, you know, and, and both of my kids were unplanned, but I would, I would never use the word mistake yeah, to describe them or describe what happened. Um, and really when I look at like the way my life could have been, had they not been born, I'm not sure that that would have been, I could have been dead, you know? I mean, what I was doing, the way I was partying and the way I was carrying on, like I was pretty far into it and, um, you know, maybe I could have cleaned up and flown right just for the sake of doing it. But, um, I also could not have. You know, and I, I look at some of my friends that haven't had kids that never really kind of had that uh, responsibility thrust upon them that they had to rise to meet. 
And, um, you know, I, I don't know if I'd really want to change places with them. And I'm not saying that from a condescending point of view where like, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be them. But, you know, I mean, how I know when I was younger and I would see people that had kids, I kind of pitied them because I felt like their life was over. And now that I'm older myself and I see people that still don't have kids, I kind of pity them because I feel like their life doesn't have meaning. Yeah. So maybe it's just about me pitying everyone around me because they're not me. <laughs> you know, but uh, you which is a very bummer. So I mean, <laughs> well, it's a very Pat O'Sullivan thing to do. Oh gosh, darn it! I said it again. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think you know, as long as you're happy with where you're at, that's all that matters. Right. I, I um, think so. I think that's you, important. You know, it, it's it's a fucking roller coaster, but it's one that I'm I'm glad I bought the ticket and took the ride for because. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think we got to ask ourselves, why do we keep doing this? Why do we put so much time and effort into raising our kids? And if you, what one way to frame it, the way I frame it that I think kind of um, speaks to why I enjoy it and why I keep doing it, why I put the time and effort that I do into it, it's because if you honestly believe that this world can be made into a better place, it's only going to happen by a better caliber of people taking control of things and those people aren't just going to spontaneously manifest they need to be born they need to be raised they need to be kind of shepherded and guided out into the world and then it'll be up to them to do whatever they do with it and you know if you look at like movies like idiocracy that you know talk about the stupid people operating the smart people right well this is me fighting back and this is me not letting that happen. And at the end of the day, when this, when my turn toward duty as a parent is done, if it's ever done, I'll know that I, you know, for one person leaving this world, when I go, I'll leave two people behind that will have hopefully the best of me and that will continue playing it forward and trying to make the world into a better place. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's your legacy. I mean, it's your footprint is, you know, what you, those values. So, you know, when you raise your kids, even though my mom, I'm not going to say she's, she was a great mom. She wasn't, we're, 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 we've, we've mended a lot of things. Um, but there's still yeah. things that she, you know, instilled in me that I've, I'm using for my child. And so there will be things that I will instill in my child that she'll use for her kids and so on and so forth. Like my kid is not ever going to be like, I don't know, she's never going to be like big into sports and shit, but she will go and pick up the litter at the sports ball games because that's the kind of person that she is. And that's really important to me. You know, that's, <laughs> I think I value those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with you. Um, I, you know, I can't, I, I make a lot of fucked up jokes all the time about being a parent. Um, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, that's my best friend. Like my, my kid's my best friend. I wouldn't, I'd rather hang out with my kid than most anybody, um, except for every other weekend and some still like, right. And <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but I, <laughs> Oh, I know. <laughs> but I, I appreciate her. You know, I, I don't mind it. Um, I was I was probably one of the last people in the world that should have had a child, but I'm not sad that I did. So, you know, I, I agree with you. Jesus Christ. No, I, I am definitively the last person in the world right. that should have had a child. You, I'll give you the rank of the second to last, but I I, I promise you that title is 100% mine. <laughs> I, I am definitely the last person in the world that should well, have ever had a child. We're both like, I'm not the and best then they gave, 
Well, I wasn't, but we grew into it, you know. Yeah. And then they gave me two. Whose fucking idea was it to give me two? Jesus. <laughs> well, that's your fault, Pat. That's, that's no, that was not me. That <laughs> was kid one day. One of my exes used to joke because she was hanging out with us, and and you know, I was I was asking her, "Am I am I the best mom in in the world?" And she said, "You're not the worst." And so, <laughs> I right. think that that's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Count, hey, count your cigarette burns. None? All right. Then I'm doing okay. All right. No one's putting fucking cigarettes out on your arm. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, no, she's all right. She's she's good. She's got her moments. But, yeah, that's basically cool. um, what, I, what I have to say about that. So, Pat got his, um, Pat got his DNA altering uh, shot on Friday, right? Well, Dr. X did. That was Oh, that my was God. Pat. I, I my did it. I COVID fucked up. <laughs> I became Doctor X. You became Doctor in the X. parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's the story. After, yeah. So yeah, I, I got it on Friday, um, and it was uh, the process itself was incredibly efficient. I mean, I think we're all like imagining, and maybe it's different in Ohio, but in Chicago, it was like a very well oiled machine. I my appointment was at three fifteen. I got there at probably like uh about three o'clock and i want to say that i was uh done at three fifteen. like that it was it was very quick move you know they want you to sit there for 15 minutes to a half hour and um after you get the shot just to make sure you don't turn into a werewolf or something and um i sat there and like just kind of played on my phone and then i was like all right fuck this nothing's happening i left so um that was friday friday night i was fine Saturday um, had an extremely busy day. I got up and uh, you know I marched with the scouts in the uh, Irish parade out here. Oh, okay. And you know I had a I worked my side job and was like just you know everything was fine. Yeah. My arm was a little sore, but that was it. Same thing with Sunday. I woke up Sunday, arm was sore. Um, where I had gotten the shot, and which isn't anything new. If you ever get a flu shot or any yeah. kind of you know they usually go into the muscle and that's kind of what happened everything was fine and then woke up today and i had a little bit of a headache and um which happens sometimes and it actually i want to say it happened on saturday as well where i woke up with a headache but i thought maybe it was um dehydration it's very dry in my house sure or um I don't know if I, I thought it was a carbon monoxide leak too, but like I, I was just like, oh, I don't know, like whatever. And people get headaches. Too, yeah, and but then I went to work today, and uh, holy shit, it was like somebody. So I, I work six to two, right? And I get in at about five thirty, and then kind of get things going, and then you know, so I get to work at five thirty, and everything's good. Six o'clock, everything's good. Around seven o'clock, I did, it was up and down a ladder a couple times, and I really started sweating. But like, okay, it's Monday. I've been laying around all weekend. Like, maybe I'm just sweating. And it got progressively worse to where I was like this feverish, sweaty, killer headache. I was so I I was like dead. And even so much so, one of the one of the custodians at my job was like, "Holy shit, you look terrible." Like just walking past me, like I looked like I was like, oh, uh-huh. and yeah, it was really fucking bad. And um, ended up uh, leaving work a couple hours early, and coming home and sleeping for about four hours. And I feel better now. Um, 
but it was the timing was weird because it's like yeah you, you know, had a couple days for it to like fester <laughs> yeah and then i wondered was it something different was it like food poisoning like i'm trying to think of like all the different things i mean that i maybe still could have been and that's you know that's the issue with it is that it's hard to tell you know if it was that or if it was something else a lot of people don't usually get symptoms with the first shot yeah, usually they say the second one hits you a little bit harder. Now, my wife got this, got both of them, and when she came home from getting her second one, was, she was she she was like, oh, I felt fine, but no, 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 she was fucked up. She was a little goofy and, and loopy. Um, not, like, crazy out of it. She wasn't, like, sure. dancing in the backyard, but, like, you know, just she wasn't herself, and I think she kind of went to bed early that night and woke up the next day fine. I don't know anybody that's had – I know a lot of people now that have been vaccinated – and and gotten both shots and um you know most people seem to kind of go through it and be okay all around yeah you know um and i i guess maybe i don't know maybe like i said i can't even really i can't even really bet 100 percent on what i experienced today being a direct cause of the vaccine shot on friday yeah you know that's true are you nervous about getting the second shot now that you've had this experience well what i'm the most nervous about is how i'm gonna feel tomorrow because you know i i woke up from uh, like i said i slept for about three hours today when i got home and um woke up and felt okay and took the you know we had dinner and took the dogs for a walk and came back and i'm okay and i'm talking to you now and i feel okay but you know i felt okay most of this weekend yeah and then came to work today and once i really started working and you know uh moving around and stuff that's when it started to hit me yeah but which is weird because I, I walked like a mile in that fucking parade and i was perfectly fine um i don't know why today took its to why everything kind of came out today i just don't want the same thing to happen again tomorrow where i get to work and i start moving around and then suddenly i feel like i get hit by a truck again because like for me to leave work early today like that's not me being a baby like you know sometimes like you kind of feel sick and you're like all right i'm gonna leave early and then like once you start driving away you're like i feel fine or like now i feel okay you know and it it wasn't like that though like i remember being like i'm gonna leave her i should ask my boss if i can leave early should i ask my boss Okay, I'm going to ask my boss. My boss said yes. Okay, I'm going to leave in a half hour. And I still kept feeling bad and bad and bad. And then I'm driving home, and I still felt like shit. And there, was, there wasn't there was even, like, the psychosomatic, like, alleviation of, like, oh, like, I'm leaving now. It's going to be yeah, okay. I'm you're going yeah. to be home in a half hour. You're going to be in your bed, and then you kind of feel a little bit better just by proxy. It was like, no. I felt like garbage up until I crawled into bed, and my fucking body shut off. Um. And that's what I'm that's what I'm worried about because that's like that's fucking real. That's yeah. not that's real. And I don't want to get hit with that again tomorrow. Now the problem with when I get my second shot is that it's the day before my 40th birthday party. Ooh. And there's nothing I could do about that because they schedule it for you and they say this is when you gotta go. So um yeah, I'm concerned about that because I had a bad reaction. I, I'm assuming this has to do with the shot on friday i had a bad reaction to that so who knows what's gonna happen with the second one now one of my best friends took had the second shot and then um 
we ended up going out for drinks like and she was like she was getting the shot on friday and we were we were supposed to go out for drinks on saturday and she was like well i'll let you know before we go out because i'm getting that sh- i'm getting my second vaccine shot on friday i don't know if i'll be able to go out on saturday and sure as shit she came out and she was perfectly fine yeah it was no it no big depends. deal yeah yeah, I, I I really think it does vary from person to person. Well, I've known two people now that have had both doses, and both of those people have had adverse effects. Not, I'm not going to say adverse effects. It really, it's it's the it's what's supposed to happen. So the fact that you don't feel well, it means that it's the shots doing its job. Um, but both of them were bad. Now my, my mom, she's had one, she's a healthcare worker and she just basically felt hungover. I mean, she had a fever, but she pretty much just felt like it was a bad hangover. Um, big Dill was the other person that I know that had his shot done and he was on his ass for like three days. He was not doing well. So, it just depends. And really, after the sec- after the second one, after yeah, after the second shot, yeah, he did not do well with it. I mean, he's done it now; it's over. You know, he's vaccinated and he's happy, but yeah, he he did not do well with it. So I, it just depends on who you are and how your body handles it. So it's just one of those things. But I would play. What I about your mom? Did she have? She, well, she she was um yeah she was had your... second, she had a second shot done and she like I said she felt like it was just like a bad hangover. Yeah, mine mine today was kind of hangover ish. Now that I think about it, that's probably how I would describe it. Because there was no fever. My wife took my temperature when I got home. There was no fever. There was no cough or anything. It was legitimately just like really bad headache, and then like the fever chills. Yeah, it was it was very hangover esque. Now, <laughs> this is exactly how I would describe it. It was a really shitty hangover. Well, we'll see how your second shot goes, and we'll we'll check back in with you. But sure. Anything else you want to add to that? Or uh, it's good to be back. It, it, I, I'm glad to have you back. I'm excited. I'm excited for for what we do next. I'm excited to have you on with V. We've got uh, other guests coming up here soon, so um, it'll be it'll be lots of fun. Um, and uh, I'll have to show you all the high strangeness that's been caught on the show. So <laughs> I got a lot to update you on, but, but we'll get there. Um, but we're we're happy to have you cool <laughs> all right guys well with that being said <laughs> we will see you back here um me and dr x will see you back here next wednesday